0: this your ship? I am its commander, yes. Where's it going? New York City through the canal. You're a seaman. Yeah, how did I get down here? You're acting aggressive because you drank too much alcohol. I don't think so. You told me you were an able-bodied seaman and you were looking for work. I told you? Yeah, will you have any? Why all the skulking and sneaking? Work cannot be that difficult to come by. Well, it depends on when you're ready to go. You shouldn't work in your condition. No, I can work. You're aberrated. I'm not know what that means no you've wandered from the proper path haven't you these problems you have (laughs) I don't have any problems I don't know what I told you but if you have work for me to do I can do it you seem so familiar to me yeah What do you do? I do many, many things. I am a writer, a doctor, a nuclear physicist, a theoretical philosopher. But above all, I am a man, hopelessly inquisitive man, just like you. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. if I get out of hand last night, it's cold and those homes. Don't apologize. You're a scoundrel. <laughs> and as a scientist and a connoisseur, I have, I have no idea the contents of this remarkable potion, what's in it. Secrets.
1: Ah. Uh. You really, really love a long intro. <laughs> I love a long intro with a little bit of a, a little cave-in in the background. cave in, as of yesterday, just signed to the record label Relapse, which is a pretty big metal label. Okay. So they have a big 2022 planned. But Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. today would have been his, how old? 54. 54. Can you believe it? We miss him. A true artist. There are not many actors who are actually artists, but I would I would say that Philip Seymour Hoffman was actually an artist.
2: Yeah, troubled.
1: troubled he was not troubled. I didn't know he was troubled till he died. I had no idea. I think that had made the rounds beforehand. Yeah, really. You watch him in um before the devil knows you're dead. Y- you he knows what he's doing on okay, that chair. Okay, so like, chair. okay, well, so the most of the movie was. Was a film, and then his was a documentary. Yes, <laughs> that's that's an interesting take that I haven't heard yet. That's how it works. Um. So yes, this is podcast. Why tip? We're back again mm-hmm. with our sporadic schedule. Which, summer schedule. Summer schedule. Which uh, it might get tighter in the winter. I think.
2: I think so. Less going on. Delta variants coming for Delta, us. Yeah, so.
1: it's coming hard. I mean, we're all vaccinated, but it is a concern. Yeah. Um, is it? How is it affecting you?
2: Unaffected at this point in my life.
1: I mean I I uh we talked previously on the podcast how I was going to Pitchfork Fest Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And uh The windy city? The second city, (laughs) the city with the big shoulders, that teetering town, that toddling town, the Paris of the Prairie, the filet of the Midwest. I'm not going. Uh, I just what happened? Um I kinda had like this what they call like one of these like come to Jesus moments this week where I was like,
2: wait, we have to tell the listeners that you are now 38. You also (laughs) had a birthday. I
1: did. I turned the big three eight. Um, Does
2: this have to do with your come to Jesus moment? No. Or is that
1: separate? It's separate. I just kind of realized that the festival that I see the schedule for right now, there is no way that is the, what I'm going to end up seeing. There will be cancellations. Too many variables. Too many variants. Yeah. Um, and, I was able to like make a little bit of money on my ticket by reselling it, so that kind of. Oh, you resold it? Okay. They actually had like a resale program. That way, they so, can get a cut. I, I didn't have to pay anything, but uh, it like it was non refundable. But also, it was like, hey, you can like they, they you're reselling it back to the company that sold it to you. So like they're re putting it back in the system. So like I was able to make fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't get money back for my plane ticket but that was only 140. So, kind of offset it. But I got my Airbnb back. Could you reschedule the plane ticket? Like, you shouldn't just Waiting have to on eat it. it. It's under review, but I don't think I will be able to get money back on it. Mm-hmm. I, but I I can work on it cuz like they they give you like a number and they say, "Hey, this is your like e-credit. So, check back on it." And like right now it's at 0. Okay. So, we'll, we'll hold out hope. Yeah, so like I mean When that festival got announced, like, I bought tickets right away.
2: Yeah, you were really looking forward to it.
1: I really was. And I'm kind of thinking now is that I just don't think it's going to be the same festival in September, especially with the Delta variant. And, you know, if one artist gets there and tests positive, it's going to, it could throw, like, a major wrench into it. It could.
2: Well, there are other festivals that you are looking forward to. Boston Calling being one. Yeah, so. that's
1: in twenty twenty two though. Yeah,
2: but you know, May. Not that far into twenty twenty two.
1: Feels far away.
2: But but like closer to home, more bands that you probably yeah, want to see. So
1: I mean Boston Calling is kinda like me and Scott's white whale. We see we look at it every year and we never actually go. Why? I don't know. festival
2: that. feels like a lot. Yeah, that's but the main also reason. Because
1: yeah. it's like right in our backyard, it doesn't feel very special. That too. And the artists are ne- The artists are actually They usually end up being Someone who we've seen already Like within the first six months Yes Yeah so, It's always been It's been Chance And Bonnevar Who I had seen like The same year So Yeah Chance was a good example So
2: Not this year though Be all brand new
1: Well next year Next year I think me and Scott Might see Vince Before This uh, year? No Maybe I don't know We'll see We'll see I think he's touring um, oh, Did you watch His tiny desk today I did I not watch it yet it. It was, Today was a busy day At work I was waiting for Donda never, I, never came Never came Donda is Kanye's New album That was supposed to Come out t- I was today.
2: dreading This coming up <laughs> I saw <laughs> the news The other day <laughs> And I said I just don't want To well, talk about he's this
1: still, He's still working on it but So like, it, it never I legit came out. thought It was going to come out I mean he played it Last night And I saw people Screenshotting their Apple music With it like In the queue Yeah And that was like, my expectations are low, but I mean, Kanye album used to be a pretty exciting thing. It used to be huge. I mean, I think me and Scott have gone through three Kanye albums where we've like been at work that day Mm -hmm. and we've been able to like kind of process it together. So today was- Maybe next week. No, it's a a fucking typical grift of Kanye because- (laughs) Last time he did this, it was weeks before I think it might have been two, but before this was Life of Pablo, where he released it, and then he kind of changed it for about a month. Yeah, he kept So, like, at least it songs. came out, and Life of Pablo was actually good, so ye was good. not good. Yay. Yay. We've been doing this for years, but <laughs> it, it, that was not good. No, it wasn't. Um, I listened to the- Very n- religious. Mm-hmm. And then he did Jesus as King, was, he did a couple- uh, Records that were religious, that were... I've never listened to him because... He did the Cuddy album. For Kids two C Catholic
2: schoolboys, you guys are very... You have a vendetta against people who turn to religion for we their do. music. Chance, they, this has come up before.
1: But we're, We liked Chance when he was religious. We didn't like him after he got married. Yeah, come on. Oh, that's, different. that's what it was. Yeah. We, we, now you're talking about... <laughs> he, specific, became, he became a wife guy. That's you're, right. <laughs> you're, you're talking about specific sacraments, okay? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, Kitsy Ghost was not bad. Okay. Are, it's like, I've it never, just wasn't that good. I don't throw it on. I like, I like 070 Shake. Her parts are great. I still listen to those. But, you know, it didn't happen. So it was disappointing. And it, you know what? He drops that record. A lot of goodwill happens today. Because people will be talking about it. Maybe. Because in the... I, I think when... What, Lipo- you think
2: he's still going to drop it? He has to. Today?
1: No, not today. I mean- no, but like the record does exist. Oh, he played it last meant, night.
2: Like, he's got you know six more hours L.A. time to oh, drop no. this. Wait. I think record. that
1: the the record definitely exists. I, I just it'll get there eventually. Yeah, but it's not going to be good, unfortunately. No. don't I don't, do, I don't did, get your hopes up. I don't know. I like those were the days, man. Life of Pablo that came up that came out the day I broke up with my last girlfriend. So I was moving out, and Life of Pablo had come out. So, you know.
2: So, brings back good memories for you? <laughs> Ultra or? Light
1: Beam, hearing that song. Do you know that track?
2: No, I think... She, no, we've listened to have, it on the pod have before. Have we? Yeah. Good yes. God.
1: Yeah. I put it on my chance playlist for you. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was disappointing, but... What were we talking about right before that?
2: Uh, your trip to Pitchfork.
1: Oh, yeah. Canceled. Yeah. Whatever. Not a big deal. I, I'm basically getting my money back. Yep. And
2: Nashville, though.
1: Nashville... Trashville, Snatchville, we'll see. <laughs> um, no, that's exciting. That's yeah. a work trip, though. So.
2: Yeah, but you have, you have two days of pleasure. I do have said, two so. days of
1: pleasure. <laughs> that's a quote um, from you. <laughs> uh, maybe my girlfriend might come for those two days. Okay, so that's exciting. But yeah, is my, that the business or the pleasure? It's my business is pleasure. <laughs> oh, and business is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's a my. Like I was telling you guys off, Mike, my, my boss was like, hey, I can't make this conference. You think you can pull it off? Fuck yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. So that should be fun. But hanging over my head, it could get canceled too. That's true. So I don't think it will though.
2: Very precarious times we all live in.
1: I know. It feels like we were like, we dodged, it did, never felt like we dodged a bullet, but it felt like we were like over the mountaintop. Yeah. For a while. Can you work another metaphor in there for me? Yeah, I feel like we had kind of uh, <laughs> crossed the bridge into the gulf and we had, you know, forded the river and none of us got dysentery and, and we were yet- just we couldn't make the Oregon trail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I don't know, it's tough times. I mean, I, I I like even 3 weeks ago I felt like, oh, coronavirus might be over. And then, you know, the numbers are just increasing. Yep. I mean,
2: for vaccinated people, too. So mm-hmm. that's the troubling part.
1: And I get the fucking JJ vaccine. Yeah. I get the bad one. <laughs> so it's like, they, I thought it was like 20% effective against the Delta variant. Is it that low? Yeah. Tough. 100% effective against a Delta refund. <laughs> I couldn't get shit back for my flight. Nope. I thought that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> um, you always
2: need the uh, validation, affirmation after. Yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: I do. Um, so. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, 54 today.
2: What's your favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman role? Uh, that's a great
1: you. question. Uh, I think The Master is one of the best movies ever made. Mm. So, And it's definitely the best movie of the 2010s. Is that what we decided one time?
2: I was not in that decision. But I don't
1: I don't remember which year it was released. I
2: think but, it was 2010. I think that was the yeah. big picture. But also,
1: he's not... Episode. I wouldn't call it pure acting because he's almost doing an impression of L. Ron Hubbard, mm-hmm. in a way, um, I love. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, that's a great movie. Um, the Charlie Wilson's War, he is just phenomenal in. And, and he's doing comedy. Yeah, the I've sent this scene to mm-hmm. Emily, and I show it as often as I can. That was up for the, the intro I had tonight. The opening scene of that movie is my probably my favorite single scene of all time. Mm-hmm. It's so funny.
2: Well, for me, it's Dusty from Twister. Always That's forever. a great
1: role. Probably the first time I ever saw him in 96 with my yeah. dad. Um, yeah. It's a great role. It's a great movie. It is it a really is. good movie. I mean, I'd love to just go through... The
2: mid-90s, they had a peak with movies. They had a nice little grouping of classic films.
1: Well, they were starting to, like, leverage special effects against actual good acting. So, they would do a movie like Dante's Peak. Well, oh, we're going to have Pierce Brosnan in it. And this movie concept is ridiculous. And the special effects upon, re- like, in retrospect, aren't good. But, like, they did the job. And the same with Twister. Like, you have Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, the movie's ridiculous. Carrie Elways. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think they were kind of, you know, Independence Day. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a bad movie, but... Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff right. Goldblum. It's like good actors and bad movies. And I think Hollywood was like flush with cash. I'd like to know the real reason why these movies got made.
2: Well, I mean, they're big action movies, and everybody loves an action movie.
1: Mm-hmm. They used to. Yeah. The mid-90s I, were ripe. I mean, God, you talk, we talk about these movies. I was in fourth grade when these things came out. Right, fourth so that you grade. have to
2: like work in a little bit of the nostalgia element, mm-hmm. and now that's maybe why these movies are having such a surge again. But they're great movies. Jurassic Park. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, Jurassic Park's a weird one because the source material is actually really good. And then you have good actors, Sam Neill.
2: Yeah, Jeff Goldblum again. Laura
1: Dern. Um, Wayne Knight. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know. I I don't think we're going to see that ever again, to be honest. Well, I was listening to uh, Gerson and Leach. They were doing their um, first half review. And they were just... They did a quick hit on like five movies and Grissom started talking about how a lot of the effects now just aren't very good. And so...
2: But they should be good. Like the they're expectations spending a lot of money are on them. for them to be good and they're, then they're, they're not.
1: costly mm-hmm. and the movie, the rest of the movie isn't that good. So right. if you're doing shitty effects in what's supposed to be a, an effects-driven movie, what are we doing here? Why are we spending $100, 150000000 on it? Yeah. Well, Independence Day... Like Tomorrow War with those fucking aliens it was they didn't look good no it was very bad but also the acting had a lot of potential i mean it could have been one of those things where you have i don't like chris pratt he's doing the best he can it's like not good right but it's bad in the way that like independence day was bad yeah. but the special effects were terrible but the yeah the special effects are the, were the same thin. as independence yeah day and we're 25 years later exactly like Jurassic Park yeah those effects hold up right but also it's a great story you have good actors
2: but that was pre-CGI so there's a difference I think CGI sort of ruined things in a way
1: also a lot of these movies just were like they just got lucky I mean I think once Men in Black kind of came out then they started kind of overdoing it because Men in Black 2 wasn't very good
2: Never saw Men in Black two.
1: I might have. I probably did. Definitely. You didn't see Men in Black it. three. No, I didn't see three. Oh, okay.
2: Speaking of movies, we watched a little movie. Oh, for are this we going to get go there now? Yeah, let's get or? it out of the way.
1: Okay. Well, when it comes to July sixteenth, Jake Cronenworth, the Crone Zone hits for the cycle. All right. So when we, I just think of what our idea was for the podcast and then what happened this week with Space Jam: A New Legacy.
2: Which was all your fault.
1: It was, but it was like I was trying to capture the zeitgeist. <laughs> I was trying to grab a hold of but pop culture, n- but nobody was excited for but this. But also, movie. No. nobody pushed back against it, which I thought was fun. We figured uh, you had a reason.
2: I know, that's what I thought.
1: Cuz it was out, it all was I new. I can say
2: was I am excited to talk about the band that we're talking about, Space and- Band, <laughs> and Space not Space Jam the movie. Band.
1: So Space Jam: A New Legacy Starring LeBron James mm-hmm. Don Cheadle <laughs> Who was great
2: I will say Don Cheadle I
1: have notes on him
2: He did the best he could
1: I, My question was How much did Don Cheadle Get paid to, I hope To a bring lot. 90% of the credibility That this movie had is all <laughs> He had He had it all yeah. And you know what He goes I'm going to work yeah. Every time John, Don Cheadle Don showed up to the set He had a punch card He punched in And then he went to work <laughs>
2: He's used to it He's in the MCU so he's...
1: That's a great point. Yeah. I'm sure that if they offered LeBron a character in the MCU, he would probably do it. And well, I don't know. Was he acting? I, I don't <laughs> LeBron really. Now, I, he have was not, I have not read any reviews outside Why of Why my- would
2: you? There's no <laughs> need for you to.
1: I was... I've never seen the original Space Jam either. Have I you seen it? Have you seen it? Nope. I never haven't seen either. It. Uh, yeah, I've definitely seen it multiple okay. times.
2: I've seen, like, the songs
1: oh no i believe i can fly
2: that and the space jam rap
1: space jam rap oh we oh we oh (laughs) i think i wanna jam it baby that's a great song (laughs) (laughs) it's space jam and i'm here to say i put the ball through the net every day i do remember that the uh the important thing to remember about this movie is that that we were all nobody wanted well actually no so here's the problem the movie's made for kids, right? Okay. The movie's
2: made for kids. So why are there Game say, of like,
1: Thrones references in it? That's my question. Right. And every Casablanca. Uh, ca- so well, because
2: it, the movie it. Scott, you're yeah? a, a parent. You're the only parent in this room.
1: So I did hold get on. That's nice news to me.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> when,
1: was the uh,
2: when you're watching a kids movie, they sprinkle in little things for adults, usually too, to make it.
1: These weren't little things. These weren't though. sprinkled either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I know, but it was maybe a heavy hand. So um, I will
1: say thank you for picking a movie that I could watch in the daylight with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> in the daylight What'd your with kids my kids. They liked it. Yeah, of course. Darren's been asking to rewatch it. Oh, that's a nightmare. It's made it's like, for no,
2: 4 to 8 year olds, me, which is your it's kids. It's burn so. after reading. <laughs>
1: so I picked this movie because I wanted to do something that was popular that I kind of wanted I felt like I was falling out of place with pop culture.
2: This was not the one to go for though.
1: I know, but like I, w- I ha- did have morbid curiosity. Okay. So, I, I mean,
2: so you dragged did- us along with you.
1: I did, and you guys did not put up a fight. In fact, I was waiting for like somebody late I last had to night to hold
2: my fight for Kanye. That's why I okay. I was very afraid that the Kanye was going to get dropped last minute, and you would say, "Let's listen to this and talk about it." I'm trying, and trying not, that's not to where do that I was anymore.
1: Gonna-
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what- so. I was holding in my fight.
1: Emily using our agenda <laughs> as currency. <laughs> So, I mean, I I tossed the movie on today. I watched the entire thing. I watched a little bit last night. I had to do a reboot today.
2: It's exactly what I did. So, what I did it at 6.30 this morning.
1: This was filmed pre-pandemic. Is that what I have to assume? I don't know for sure. Probably. Most of I didn't of it. see Bugs with a mask on, so I'd imagine. <laughs> um, I, I throw it on. And I don't know what to expect, but I, I knew that there was some, quote, product placement. But I didn't realize the product placement would be the Hound from Game of Thrones in the background.
2: The Hound? Was he in it? The I Night did. King?
1: No, he wasn't. But that's like, that. at the very end, I'm like expecting something to be so ridiculous. What do you mean? Like, why was It in it? It? That's not a kid's movie. I, there were a lot Penny of wise. things. I know. I know it was. I found that to be disgusting. Scott, how do you tell your kids who Pennywise is? Well, so as they were like flying over all the worlds and stuff, and I was telling Jason what they were, even though these things have no like
2: reference. Point. Am I going
1: to bother explaining Casablanca to him? No, no.
2: But they staggered them, so there was Harry Potter, well, and then there was.
1: Game I didn't even Thrones. notice the Harry Potter ones.
2: The, the, the start, it started with Game of Thrones and then Harry Potter, and then it went more quick, quickly through the But there's like, like the four older... Game
1: of Thrones references, at least. I yeah. fell asleep. There's White Walkers. I fell asleep for about 25 minutes. Okay. So the beginning of the movie, basically, is that LeBron is stupid for wanting to play video games, so he gets the Not Game Boy... Not LeBron. Bo- his no, son. Young, young LeBron gets oh, the Game okay. Boy swiped out of his All hands. Right. Oh, so yeah. then young Dominic LeBron, he is a like gifted computer programmer. And LeBron's a shitty dad. That's the other weird thing about this. But also, movie. they don't use his That's wife's real name. That's the whole premise. LeBron's a shitty dad. Yeah, they don't use his wife's real name.
2: Yeah, that was my question. So, but,
1: like, if they get divorced, I can see where they wouldn't want to use the wife's real name to maintain a little bit of timelessness. Yeah. To, to this uh, movie that will eventually be inducted into the Library of Congress <laughs> as causing the most seizure- seizures in a final scene, because what the fuck was going on? I mean, I was dizzy. That was a lot for you. It was a lot for me. Yeah, there was was a lot. I mean, let's not even try to, like, break this thing down. It was garbage. Meant for garbage people. (laughs) Kids.
2: I have a question for Scott, as again, as the resident parent on this podcast. Do your kids know the Looney Tunes?
1: No, not really. That was
2: my thing. So, I mean, They haven't done
1: a new Looney Tunes thing in, like, 25 years.
2: Yeah, Tiny Tunes, I think, is... Sort of coming back Not Tiny Toons um, Animaniacs Which is sort of In the Tiny Toons world But like no, I think they ran
1: concurrently They definitely didn't have Reference points And I haven't gone out of my way To show them Old Warner Brothers cartoons No I didn't think so, it was appropriate Yosemite Sam shooting a gun I thought the, that was weird
2: When the first Space Jam came out We were It was what, 96? Yeah So We all knew Looney Tunes And Tiny Toons And all that stuff So we mm-hmm. had at least Like a, a touch point For these characters Kids these days, they don't have any <laughs> idea, so...
1: It wasn't an impediment, though. I mean, it's, you know... Yeah. I thought, like, the Looney Tunes stuff in the, in the movie, like, was... There were some funny parts. Like, I didn't hate everything.
2: No, and it was, again, as, if you're watching it as an adult, you can harken back to when you watched that stuff as a kid.
1: Can I read you a few of my notes? Yes. When LeBron said the, comu- the computer is black... Remember that line? No. Yeah. That was a funny line. When he first meets Don Cheadle. He goes, the computer is black.
2: I I wasn't paying super close attention to this I have to admit.
1: They did a few, like, leaving Miami and Cleveland jokes, which I was like, well, that's fun. And the intro, where they just go through LeBron's history, I'm like, like, I'm sure Maverick Carter gets (laughs) final cut to this movie, right? Yeah. And it, like... It worked, but it was also like, is this a LeBron documentary? It definitely felt like that with that intro. Yeah, it just didn't work for me. Like they didn't have to do it.
2: How much say do you think LeBron had over that? Hundred
1: percent. Yeah, a he lot. had Maverick. Card is his agent. Okay, it's also his boyhood friend growing up. So, and he's a talented guy. Like he's not, he's not a bad sure, guy. Yeah, but you know, to do this movie, it's like, and they had some funny jokes. Like I don't know, like. um... Uh, talk about you know something about like leaving early or something it was one a joke like that great joke i loved it <laughs> leaving early from <laughs> cleveland i don't know um austin powers references that oh was, yeah that, that was, was another weird, weird Mad max one. <laughs> references yeah exactly yeah I, so i don't so this movie is definitely for kids and
2: but for the parents who have to watch it with the kids too sure your kids this is what, max movie, right this after is what this. kids movies do you should but it's this. not
1: so overt yeah this is a and it's not like, there's no reason for it, c- except for selling your own product. It's yeah. all just IP for and yourself. Yeah. Well, what do
2: you expect from Warner Brothers and HBO? I
1: would <laughs> have no idea, but I did not expect this. Like, I thought it would be, I don't know, maybe the Animaniacs would have showed up. Maybe the Tiny Toons would have made an appearance. Maybe, maybe. Doug would have shown up. Doug the is separate. Rats.
2: They're separate.
1: Okay, I don't know, but like, the White Walkers, I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> well Pennywise and emily pointed out like the night the king at the end, the night king's hanging out in a bathrobe at yeah, the why? End. yeah i don't know
2: and he looks he's supposed to be stoic he never changes facial expressions and he's like clearly worried i'd <laughs> like end. to be one of those guys
1: who's like game of thrones is now ruined because the night king was wearing a bathrobe <laughs> um there was one joke one of, this is like one of my pet peeves is when daffy deck was like well that happened I fucking hate that. That was or like, the trailer, but yeah. I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you. <laughs> uh, I, I hate when they say stuff like, well, I did a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate that shit.
2: It's, you gotta remember it's for kids, though.
1: Still, I mean, yeah. God, i like to meet a child that hitchhiked to the theater and saw <laughs> this and was like, that's pretty good. And he hitchhikes home and, you know, whatever. Like, he's just like, I, I saw a movie that existed in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. This movie was shitty. Little Rel, I thought was okay. He's always good. Ernie Johnson. What do you think about the Michael Jordan? Like I'll tell you what I wrote. I'll tell you what I wrote. Christ, I like the Michael B. Jordan joke. (laughs) Also, he's the second person in this film who decided to act.
2: Yeah, well, he's an actor.
1: Yeah, so it was him. There's two actors in this movie,
2: right? And the rest are.
1: So go off on Don Cheadle for me.
2: What do you mean? I just thought he was the obviously the only. Like, I
1: just like that Don Chico's like, I have a job movie. to do. I'm going to yeah. do it. And he's not going to... I gonna... thought
2: he did a good job. He, You know, he was supposed to be maniacal, but comedic at the same time. And he played a good little villain.
1: What did you think of him, Scott? I didn't really like it. He I, he was trying really hard. Yeah. I just didn't think it worked. Well, like, that's not his fault.
2: Again, it's a kid's movie. I know. So
1: Still didn't really like it. Yeah. And I watched Ocean's Eleven with my wife the other night. Mm-hmm. That was a... Uh, That's Don Cheadle doing a weird British accent. So you just don't like Don Cheadle. That's what we're talking about here. No sudden move. He was great. (laughs) That's your touchstone for a good performance? (laughs) By Don Cheadle, yes. Black Monday, great show. Okay. Come on. He's a star. Pick something like Hotel Rwanda. I haven't seen it. You never saw that? No. There was a Training Day reference that he did. Ain't Like he did the King Kong line. I thought that was very weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> the whole movie was weird. Can I do... I'm going to tell you my favorite characters that I spotted sure. in the background. Okay. Um, okay. One of my favorite characters I saw was Ethan Hawke in First Reformed. Mm-hmm. He was in the background. Was he? Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, Louis C.K. from the show Louis. He was in the background. He too was? Bad. Yeah. It was crazy.
2: That was a bad choice yeah, on my uh, part.
1: Sean Penn's character from Dog Day Afternoon.
2: Is this real, or are you making this up?
1: No, he was in the background. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep's character from Doubt were both in the background. They were Just nuns. Th- yeah, they were. In, one was a priest. One was a the nun. They, you didn't see them in the background.
2: I saw nuns. I didn't.
1: Okay, specifically that was Meryl Streep, out. and that, and then the other one was the priest. That was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. So those were bad choices. I don't know how you're going to explain it to your kids. I can't kids.
2: tell if you're trying to make a joke. They're or all jokes. Okay.
1: I made them all up. Were I like how you're like, Louis C.K. was there. <laughs> Come on.
2: I, did I had see, a whole section uh, I
1: was like, bad characters that should show Jim up in the Carrey's background. Jim
2: Carrey's the mask. But it's not Jim Carrey. In there. No, but the mask character. But well, you yeah. Who has see seen that movie since That's 1995?
1: <laughs> you can't see under the mask. I've never even seen the mask before. Oof. I
2: saw it years and years and years ago, but...
1: <sighs> it's, it's at its most Jim carrey I thought that the final basketball matchup remind me of every time i was drunk at greatwoods just that the steep incline to the <laughs> stage i was like getting dizzy i almost had a fucking seizure dame lillard got fucking shafted in that movie yeah they gave him one half joke and then nothing else yeah and <laughs> to say nothing of like diana tarassi and I didn't know the other girl's name. I don't know. Can we edit this in post? We should. i n- no I'd never heard of her. I'm not a big WNBA fan. She's apparently head of the WNBA Players Union. Okay. But we I don't, don't know who her name, is. but <laughs> terrible. Oh, that's gone. Pete Alonso, way back. Home run king. <sighs> Upper deck. Um yeah, I mean, the movie's obviously terrible and <laughs> you know, the product placement was just disgusting and uh, Grierson gave it a D minus, which is always fun to hear. That's a low. I would it give it a C lower. minus because I, I was able to be like, I do enjoy the comedy, but like I know I'm being manipulated because they were like, there were some funny lines, and it just makes you think that like how many people were writing on this? Thirty five people. Tons, Like yeah. there had to be. Sorry, it's a water. There had to be like fifty people writing on this, just throwing out jokes, and they picked the best ones, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, Scott, we could have written on this and had a, a line in the movie. Sure, definitely. It wouldn't wouldn't be appropriate. No, but, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> what do you think of LeBron's acting? It's not great. It's not good. I thought but the, he
2: called himself out on it.
1: I thought that first scene with him on the basketball court, he was awful. He was yeah. so wooden- he was very wooden with the uh, when he got hit in the head, and then the, the Tweety Birds were flying around him. Yeah. it's it, Once he, he switched over to animated LeBron, and he could just do his voice, he sounded more relaxed, and it, it, it played it was a little better. It was very bad. And part of me wanted to say like, he got better as it went along, but like, we don't know how the movie was filmed. You think right. they film it fucking in order? Like They no, never do. No, but I think
2: Scott's right about the animation. But he did call that out during that meeting with Sarah Silverman and... Uh Glenn from The Walking Dead. Yeah, um,
1: Stephen Yoon.
2: Yes, that he Academy said it never goes well when yes.
1: nominated actor. Can I play a clip from when I LeBron? Leave, thanks for
2: interrupting me again. <laughs> I think you should leave
1: star one of the best gets. <laughs> uh, can I play this yeah, from? Go ahead. This is when LeBron got eliminated against the Suns. You never watched Minari? No, did you? I think
0: I'm gonna play for the Toon Squad this summer instead Ooh. of the Olympics. Um, I think that's what I'm. That's my focus on on trying to beat the Stars or the Goon Squad. We call him now. Um, so, didn't have much success versus Suns. So, now I am uh, gearing my attention to the Goon Squad here in July, in mid July. So, let the, I'm going to let the ankle rest for about a month. Is this I'm an gonna, actual uh, press conference? This yeah, is the, uh, the,
1: the well, night he uh, got eliminated from the Suns.
0: Jesus. Granny, I don't like Bullock's, that. Um,
1: you know, and the rest of the crew. So. I'm sure fucking Warner Brothers loved it. You missed this part where he goes like this, ready? Don't forget about Granny. Okay, Granny coming in thick on the back end. Mm. She was fat. (laughs) Um, All right, I think we've covered this. So, Space Jam, I'm sorry we had to watch it, but I was curious, and I thought it might have been (laughs) Oscar-worthy. And big swing and miss on my part. (laughs) Yeah, don't do this again, please. I won't. Um, I'm thinking we have to, like, pick for next week something old, some (laughs) film noir or something. I don't know. It has to be well respected
2: need to cleanse the palate
1: <laughs> definitely do um all right so let me go back to my list anthony bourdain roadrunner documentary have you seen it yet no it's only in theaters right now okay right? i wasn't sure because it did come out last week in theaters it, yeah. but it's going to probably be on hbo max i believe so have you heard about the controversy surrounding it no okay scott explain the controversy surrounding it the main thing is that the director wanted to add a few like um lines of commentary in tony bourdain's voice but tony's dead so instead he had an ai ai voice of him do it like you know an amalgamation of all his words and then I guess it's only like three lines total. It's not a lot. So why even do it?
2: Why do it, right? Yeah.
1: But that's... I don't know. That's what they wanted. Uh, (coughs) Drew McGarry wrote about this in the San Francisco Post. SF Gate. Gate. Um, He really liked the movie. And he had written a really good piece in GQ after Tony had I didn't think he was like an impartial... He didn't seem impartial. He wasn't impartial. He had interviewed a lot of the same people that the the movie uses. I mean, say Um, what you want about Tony Bourdain. I never watched the show. I mean... Sorry. I put it on once in a while. and I, I It's It's good background. It's. I read the books. Um, for the documentary, they also did not interview his girlfriend at the time, Aza Asia Argento. Is that how you say her name? I don't know the correct pronunciation. That's pretty close. But Aza Asia Argento. Is it A-S-A? A-S-I-A. Oh. So they didn't interview her for the documentary, and I guess they were going through some t- tough times. She was also a proponent of the Me Too movement. She had been directly harassed by Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. Weinstein, whatever. Weinstein. But also, she had been accused of molesting her co-star in the movie, The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, which she directed. And that was a movie that came out in like the mid 2000s. And she had a co-star who, she starred in it, she directed it, and she played this kid's mother. And The kid was like twelve, and then they had a weird relationship afterwards. Okay, that she was accused of like being inappropriate, and
2: so are you thinking that's why they didn't interview her for the documentary?
1: I I think all of it. According to Drew, a lot of Tony's close friends kind of blame her for him killing himself. Like they think she had a substantial role in it. The movie does touch on it and, and it is a focus of it but i don't think also, it pushes his, you towards that conclusion his ex-wife otavia who i don't know anything about her was a collaborator in some aspect on the documentary and they interviewed her and that was the you know mother of his daughter right. so but the the director had said that she had given permission to do the ai voice thing and she's like no that did not happen and at the end there's a the fake mural There's a mural that was fictional that they, like, made in Microsoft Paint. (laughs) I don't know about that one. Well, it was a fake mural that they made at the very end. on a wall? Yeah, like, it was supposed to be in, like, Brooklyn or something, so.
2: So now, with this AI voice, are you wondering if it's going to discredit the entire documentary?
1: I have a clip of it. If I can play this. The doc picked up a lot of bad press, right? Like the last two weeks. Drew's thing was the first positive thing that I had seen about it. Hmm. I have a we'll place clip, and a lot of I people. I just... am Tony Bourdain, and I like to travel. Thanks. That I mean, That's... can you tell? <laughs> Is it? I did. Could uh, you? <laughs> was it obvious? Bless you, Patrick. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean the. Let the viewers decide, and listeners, if when you see that in the movie, you hear that. It's like, hey, is it seamless? Not exactly. They, is it in his voice? Sure. <laughs> Would he say, I am Tony Bourdain, and I like to travel? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, but... And then I have a, the mural here. that so you want to see it. Just kidding, I didn't go that far. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just think that is, like, really shitty storytelling. and That's it's bad. Per, yeah, yeah, it's bad. But then it for Drew to a, be like... It
2: sets a really like scary precedents for future documentaries
1: well so the question for viewers is how manipulative is this yeah you know i th- i it turned me off to the entire thing i was pretty sour on it but then you I'll read a great review it. from drew who we like he we said sh- he's impartial he has shitty taste, though generally yeah. yeah but also the documentary is produced although, by although C-
2: he and I both hate The Master. I mean, I can't say I hate it. I haven't actually seen it, but...
1: Are going to bring it back to The Master? It's one of his least favorite... Uh, <laughs> Drew didn't like The Master? ...PTA
2: movies. Yeah. It's
1: it is legit my favorite PTA movie. It's fine. Mo- it's okay. He said Emily's on the podcast
2: fa- he likes every other PTA movie.
1: Did he like I mean, The so Dress Bitch? I don't know. It's not called The Dress Bitch. Okay. Phantom Thread.
2: Mm, I can't remember. He liked Punch Drunk Love. Well, yeah.
1: I'm I'm so mad right now. I'll I go back.
2: To, I'll find the, the quote. I think I sent it to Scott
1: in an email. Scott, do you like The Master? I like The Master a lot. Okay. Do you like Punch Drunk Love? You might not have seen it enough. Yeah, no, I just saw it. La- I've only seen it once. Dude, last don't say it last, last week. That'd be so funny. <laughs> last summer. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was really good. I, I just... I don't... I, I like Drew. And that piece on Anthony and on the documentary, I felt like, okay, since Drew, like... Was sick and out of commission. That was the first thing I've read from him that felt like he's got his voice back. I mean, but also he's writing about a subject he really likes, so it felt, like, invigorated. Yeah. His GQ piece on Bourdain was really good. That was three years ago, though. Yeah, it was right after he Right after. Yeah. I don't really like to read a Puff piece about somebody that's so out there, such as, like, Anthony Bourdain. I don't know. What do you mean, so out there? Well, like, you know, he's got the show, I mean he well, what's he, a puff piece after he, he's dead talk to his friends <laughs> now the documentary is produced by cnn so it is people were saying like yeah it was it, a, it's the, the same s- crew it's that parts he had that, that was doing parts unknown yeah so like it's not gonna be one of these things it's you're not gonna get like new info but like drew's are you, headline are you looking for dirt what's your angle looking for a little dirt but drew's headline was great where it was like life constantly disappointed tony like it never lived up to what he thought it would be yeah so that was kind of sad so will you watch it emily
2: probably if it comes on hbo yeah do you want to watch it for the podcast
1: i want to wait till it's free or it's on the streaming services but i, I would like to watch it
2: yeah i, I wouldn't watch it before I mean, then
1: when was the last time you read kitchen confidential
2: years and years ago
1: your book is signed
2: it was signed. Who My has it? The book is gone. I think it got destroyed in the storage flood. I don't of have it, right? 2011.
1: No. That'd be great if I was the one that had it destroyed. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I borrowed it, it from you. I, I think. bought
2: it used. I bought a used copy of it at a bookstore yeah. and it was signed to Emily and it had like hand drawn.
1: I think you let me fish. borrow it.
2: I think I did. But and you I gave it back, back to, me. to you. Yeah. yeah. And then it was flooded.
1: Scott, did I give it back to her? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but once you've touched it it had to perish in the flood it was sullied so to speak (laughs) All right, moving down the list Jackass 4 trailer did you guys watch? no I didn't but I am a little excited about it I watched it and I am I I cried during it I shed a tear why? I don't know I'm a very sick man
2: of laughter? or
1: it was very nostalgic
2: wow okay
1: yeah did you see any of the Jackass movies in the theater? I saw all of them. Well, I saw the first two, and it was okay. Hands down, the best experience I've ever had in the theater. with the cool. first one. They were so much fun. Yeah, and it's only rivaled by Borat in the theater. And I mm-hmm. think I must have saw one of those with you. Borat, I saw with you. Okay, that was like you just, just one of the Jackass movies I saw with college. Yeah, kids. I think we, I think me and you probably saw it like the same week because I definitely saw it in the theater. Hardest I've ever laughed. Me and Sarah, my girlfriend, we we just rewatched all the movies. Here. Yeah, and they are so fun i mean they're so funny it's I amazing saw one of
2: them in the theaters too and borat i saw in the theaters but it's
1: just you, did you laugh are you capable of having fun
2: i'm capable of having fun i probably laughed but i have a tough time with like humor at other people's expense
1: but see that's the thing where you get to realize that they're doing it to make you laugh
2: but that's exactly what i mean like but, there's often like
1: but this this isn't secondhand embarrassment
2: No, I mean, some of it is not that, but some of it is just clearly like making fun of people or messing with people, and they don't know it, or like, they don't realize until the very end, and that's where I kind of struggle.
1: Well, the Jackass 4 trailer was very much like, hey, we've put our bodies and minds into this to just make you guys laugh, and we're doing it one last time. Johnny Knoxville looks like shit. His hair is fucking white as a ghost. He's very thin and very sickly looking. Is he okay? He's fine. But he's just, he's always had a fast metabolism. (laughs) Okay. We all know that. (laughs) What a, okay. But like, it was was very nostalgic because that's been 20 years. And Jackass was never like my thing.
2: I think it just, again, not to be Debbie Downer, which I always am on this podcast, but it created a lot of like bully sort of mentality amongst kids who thought that kind of thing was funny so then they would go and try to recreate it and like yeah. do stuff to
1: maybe being a teacher or
2: no this was when i was in high school that i would feel that way but yeah i don't I'd i didn't never really felt that way
1: have you ever had those feelings about it not really i just a laughed. little bit but not really um i did have a road trip when we went down to uh camden yards one time mm-hmm. in chase's hummer and I spent most of the trip watching the Bam Margera show. It was a weird trip. Was that with you? No, that, not that time. Okay. Because he used to have his own show. Now, it was Viva, Viva La Bam or yeah. Bam's Unholy Union? I don't know. It, was, it had to be Probably Viva, Viva. La Bam. But that yeah. show, Emily, that was different. Was he just like picked on his father and his mom and yeah, uncle? I, I couldn't, do, I
2: couldn't so handle that. that.
1: That's shittier and yeah. less funny. Jackass was literally like stunts in a vacuum where they just like, we're going to do this. They, they, yeah, they announce it to the camera with the ne- they have named stunts and stuff. Yeah, and that's Goodwin. why
2: I think you should leave was so brilliant with the Carl Havoc. Like it wasn't one of the better skits, but it was making fun of the jackass, yeah, like dummies that that's would go do that. On, stuff. That's grown on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: Pat changed his fantasy baseball team name to just Carl Havoc. <laughs> just was like whatever, <laughs> one word, all lowercase. <laughs> um, have you done a? I think you should leave rewatch at all. Yes. I'm on my way through it. I did. Uh, I rewatched. I rewatch calico cut pants um i re- i've I've seen the uh I rewatched the people can't change you know the baby thinks I'm a piece of shit yeah that's, that's so so good it's really good and it that grew on me even more I everything that, leads up to it it's so well d- constructed yeah it yeah. when the old man's like, yeah I used to be a piece of shit eighty <laughs> bitty jeans he says itty bitty jeans I was just like that's so funny <laughs> and what because obviously. Season two does not live up to season one, but hot damn! Could you expect anything more? It's, it's really, it's really good. Yeah, I'm just we talk, stunned. Listen
2: to our episode. I know. Listen to the previous one.
1: <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, it, it's as good. I mean, let's be honest, it's as good. I think it's as good. I do. It's grown on what me. What does Tim Robinson do next, though? I don't know. These things have to take so long to write. Yeah, because they must cut out stuff that does not work. It's not like SNL where every week you can be like. All right, this doesn't work, but we're still going to do it. Just put it at the end of the show. Uh, no, I don't know what he does, and I think he's also running a little low on. I don't set think he ideas. likes doing it. I don't. I think, I think li- you're an idiot if you think that. No, I, I just I think that sketch sketch comedy to him is different. It's not this. I think he liked being a part of SNL. It's just shit didn't get worked. I'd love some reference points for this.
2: You don't think he likes being a part of the comedy? His own no, show on I Netflix. think that
1: doing a two-hour show where every skit is able to be refined. I think he likes the aspect of maybe doing like a live TV show or being part of that. Hmm. Because if, if you record a skit like that, you have to watch it 50 times to edit it. You're going to hate it afterwards.
2: Maybe. Who can say? I can say. Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> I
1: would love to get Tim Robinson on the <laughs> podcast. But holy crap. it is Even the skit that with the college professor who wanted to eat the burger. Like, I did not like that when I first watched it. It's still not my favorite. But, like, it is. I, li-
2: I like that one a it, lot.
1: It growed on me. It grew. grew. <laughs> it grew on me.
2: <laughs> so, Jack S 4 you guys are excited. I maybe couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> I,
1: should we I'm take just, a
2: break before we move on to the.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll go right down the list, and we'll take a little break.
2: We covered all the talking points, I think.
1: Yeah, let's. Uh, you know what? In honor of. uh our friend of the podcast. No, he's not a friend, but uh, play this song.
0: Two, three, four, five, six.
1: Great track. Um, we'll be back in a bit. We'll talk about this song in relation to the uh, doc, and uh, we'll be back. With the radio on, I'm in love with Massachusetts. And the when it's cold outside.
0: Tommy, how's the peeping? Tommy, how's the peeping?
1: Yo. yo. Tommy, 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 Tommy. I go by the name of Pharrell from the Neptunes, and I just want to let y'all know, I'm your push The world
2: is about to feel something that they never
1: We're back from break. Ugh. That, that's your favorite all time, PSH line big reading, big right? It's <laughs> a, it's up there. Um, it was before he was a big star, so it's pretty funny. What about Jacko's boating? <laughs> I love Jacko's <laughs> boating. Do you want to do a Jacko's boating appreciation night? No, we, we don't, you don't have to. No, no. Uh, we're back from break. Philip Steamer Hoffman appreciation night. We miss him. You know, we do. I remember exactly. Wait, you don't? I do. Okay, I I remember exactly where I was when he passed away. I Where? was at the Apple Store in Hingham,
2: and you got the news.
1: I got the news, and I threw my phone on the ground. It smashed, and I said, "I don't need a new one." And I just <laughs> left. No, I don't know. I just probably got my one of my ports cleaned, but yeah, <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> it's it, it's very sad. It is. Local man has intercourse with a horse, of course, <laughs> and it rhymes. Did you, did you see anything about this? A few things on Twitter. Did but you I, see the guy? No. I wasn't diving into the details on the story. I was diving in. He was a uh, 19-year-old kid, African-American guy, and he broke in, disabled a few cameras, then he uh, did the thing with the horse.
2: When you say local, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> it was in Norfolk.
2: Okay.
1: Comment? I, I think I have No good. comment. Let's yeah. move on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about new Kanye. Didn't happen. Very sad. Yermin Mercedes. Okay. Yermin? Yermin. Scott, give us a little background on this. Yermin's a player in the Chicago White Sox system. He's 28 years old. And he kind of came out of nowhere in spring training, started hitting the ball real well. They brought him up to the big league club as their DH. And he crushed the ball for all of April. He was hitting almost 400. Everyone loved him. He's a bit of a portly guy. Um aren't we all but then he committed the dastardly sin of swinging at a pitch on a three ball zero strike count in a game where the white Sox were winning by a dozen runs and he hit a home run and that you can't do that emily even it's, though even though you're playing a game where you get paid money to win you can't be out there trying to hit home now, runs all the time what's very funny about this is that we call that an unwritten rule oh no how do you figure it out you can't read it. Nope. It's unwritten. But what's funny about this is that we've talked about the manager of the White Sox. Oh, Tony La Russa. Times. He oh, is
2: geez, this guy's back, huh?
1: <laughs> he is one of our <laughs> reoccurring characters. You have Marjorie Taylor Green, Matt Gates, TLR. Okay, it's not TRL. This isn't Britney Spears baby hit me one more time. This isn't toxic. This isn't Limp Bizkit Nookie. It is toxic though. Yeah. This is Tony Larusa. Okay. So he he went nuts after this happened and just threw his own player under the bus and it carried over for a while. But a few months later, so after the first month in the league, he really kind of came back to earth and he wasn't hitting. But like he did show the ability to hit major league pitching for a month, but then there's adjustments that need to be made. Sure. So when you're a young player who hasn't been in the big leagues very long, you have what's called options. And the team can move you between the professional team and the minor league team a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, this is the first time he had come up, which means he has a lot of, even though he's 28, which is pretty old in you know new baseball rookie terms, yeah, he still has a lot of options left. So he's struggling. They're a really good team. They have other guys coming back. So they demoted him down to AAA. Say how he has no position he's a dh yeah he's just kind of a big williams astadio shaped man Uncle. alejandro kirk um he's just a big a big ball we like him he, he's also the kind of guy that i think a lot of teams would like to have on their squad guy that can hit a pure hitter there's not a lot of dhs anymore mm-hmm. so he's down in the minor leagues for the, last, it. for the last few weeks and he's doing really well he's he's kind of making his case to be brought back up to the big league team. And then all of a sudden, one night he posts something on... This was two nights ago. On IG Live. He posted something, and then the next day he posted the message. Um, And it kind of was... It's in Spanish, so I don't know what kind of translations I'm reading. No way to figure it out. No way. I like how you're just like, I don't know what it said. You don't think you could kind of look at it and maybe get the main idea there was a there was a really funny no so, make goose of baseball so <laughs> then the next night he was playing a game and they removed him in the sixth inning for a pinch hitter which is very weird because his only role is to hit and like an hour later he posted a long message on instagram saying he was retiring he's 28 and he played in the big leagues for three months and now he says he's retiring
2: okay
1: and I guess he just kind of threw a hissy fit about being down there. He's, he's not happy that he didn't get more of a chance to prove himself at the big league level. And then the next night, he was back in there. He just, <laughs> back on the team, the night he after he said he was going to retire. the Instagram thing? Yeah, next day. He, <laughs> he was had t- a great Instagram. Tony said a, he was going to call him. It was a phoenix rising from the ashes, was his his picture. And did he really do that? Yeah, he did. It was a big phoenix rising. I it, was, so. it was pretty good. There um, was a funny... Uh, quote a tweet under somebody had posted the instagram picture of his long message in spanish and it had like the translation above it and one guy goes how can we really be sure that's what he's saying <laughs> and the person underneath him goes you know he's right him and one other guy are the only people that speak that language it's really good um yeah i mean the big scuttlebutt online was that tony la Russa destroyed this guy's career i will honestly say that that is not fair but it had to have contributed to it in some way yeah i I think it's probably it's the easy storyline and it's probably not not the main factor but it 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 is a factor maybe but your mean also seems like you handled all this pretty poorly yeah you're you know if you're struggling and you have options you're gonna get sent down that's the reality they call that like you know tuck it to you're, boston you're on the shuttle you're on the shuttle like you get how many options does the player have i don't even know how that like stuff six works or seven yeah so it's kind of like michael chavez has been sent down like five times this year so i don't know what what stinks about it is that like the guy is really talented but as of now he's at the mercy of the chicago white Sox, and they're one of the best teams in baseball and they don't really need him so but mm. they will need him maybe at some might. point so he they has, needed him early on. They might need yeah. him again. So Yerman, we're with you. We, we should try to get on the podcast. You do that. <laughs> I might try that next. <laughs> Start booking Spanish language guests. I look forward that. to this. All right. Um. Okay. The Velvet Underground and Nico. Big debut Wait, I for thought the this podcast. was Velvet Revolver. <laughs> oh my god! I wish it was.
2: <laughs> what?
1: I'd have more to talk all right, I have a song for the uh I'm shocked. This is gonna be a long night for Emily. <laughs> Alright, I have a song for get into this talk. But da, 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 we can edit this. I like last oh, the last one recorded, you were like, Alright, edit this out. I edit out a lot of dead silence. Good job. It felt really good. I really enjoyed it. We wish you'd been doing it the other twenty five <laughs> fucking episodes. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, here we go. This is Velvet Revolver. This is not what I signed up for. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So Velvet Underground <laughs> uh, and Nico.
2: <coughs> yep. I call This it was the, your pick.
1: This was my pick.
2: Along with Space Jam.
1: I know. I, think, I, I like to think of where we've come from and where we are now, where we listen to. You can't get any more hipster freakazoid than the Velvet Underground. They might have invented Or might have Laid the blueprint out For everything We'd listen to right now I agree Well We're gonna find out
2: Some Not everything We've listened to On the podcast But a lot
1: It, it A lot of it Might not exist Without Velvet Underground
2: I think Willie Nelson Would have gotten there On That's his own That's true Shotgun
1: Willie yeah. Might have figured it out Without yeah. um, But On the other hand We bookend it With Space Jam Which is the Antithesis of Everything I think I believe in <laughs> Um, you know, I've never seen a more nihilistic movie that sort of... We can move on from the movie. Slobbers. Yeah. <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you want to listen to <laughs> Velvet Underground? Because the, I've never, never listened to album. it. I wanted to listen to it like it was an assignment, because I've never dug it. Yeah. And...
2: Because you've never gotten into it like you didn't enjoy it, or you just never took the time to listen to it? I never to took it. the
1: time, and I was never, like, it was never presented to me at, like, the right time. Okay. So... I said, hey, let's listen to it for the podcast, and I, I will do the work, and I listened to it a lot this week, and I have a lot of notes, but it still didn't really resonate with me. Okay. Uh, Emily, this is one of your favorite albums, or Famous just a bands. few songs? This favorite is not band. my favorite okay. album
2: from the band. All right.
1: Can I guess what your favorite record is? Sure. Overloaded.
2: No. Damn
1: it. What's your favorite record?
2: Um, did you mean Loaded. Yeah, Loaded. Okay. Uh, maybe Loaded. However, I do really love the album VU, which is like a weird compilation album that was released in the 80s mm-hmm. of like some of their unrecorded uh, tracks. So that was the album that I really fell in love with. And then I sort of went back okay. from there.
1: This record was released March 12, 1967. It was produced by Andy Kaufman. I didn't find Andy it- Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah, that's, you're that's way a big up. <laughs> I, didn't, I was going to say, like, none of it was funny.
2: <laughs> is that your joke? Yes, it was. I okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> just had to clarify so the jokes the pi- <laughs> of the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> from the Pitchfork Review. Did you read the Pitchfork Review? I didn't. Did you? I'm not a hipster freakazoid no, like you. So, this is the 1967 Pitchfork Review? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it's from the 2000s. I thought this was, like, a great description because this is how I felt. It's a sensory overload that underlines just how successful the group was at the music as an s and game it was playing with its listeners basically i listened to that or i read that as the parts that were abrasive was meant to test the listener oh, this record was not easy to listen to
2: some songs are extremely easy sunday morning you can't find an easier jam to listen to
1: i agree with that um I also thought that...
2: And that's the opener. I will say, Venus and Furs, Heroin... That is...
1: Well, Heroin until... I don't know. It, it gets there. When it gets faster, it's like a melodic song.
2: The Black Angel's death song? hmm Those, yeah. There's some chaotic dissonance happening there that I think is intentional.
1: I, I kind of think of this record as what I would like to call like a life preserver record, where... If someone gave this to me in 1999, I would have thrown away the Head P.E. records, the Korn albums, maybe the Limp Bizkit, and said, this God, might be I a, different, so. a different road I'm going to go down. But no one ever threw me that life preserver. And then you just drowned. <clears throat> I just drowned. Drowned in new metal. <laughs> I, but like, I was just telling Scott that uh, Head P.E., a terrible new metal band... Is playing New Bed for In a couple weeks That's crazy It is crazy I'm gonna have to Seriously consider going I would love to go Just to like Jesus For sociological reasons I think it's reasons, time for me To leave this podcast But I podcast. can't imagine The other people that might go And I'm a little scared about that I know I mean God Do they give you meth On the way in? <laughs> like It's gotta be a terrible scene um, So I'm Waiting for the Man
2: mm-hmm.
1: That was the first track Of the record no, the Sunday record? morning is the yeah, first so, track So when I played I'm waiting for the man my first thought was, this is the prototype for the band The Strokes' entire sound.
2: Sure. I agree with that.
1: I, I wrote that down. It's a simple, easy, uninspired um, sort of thing to say. But like I really felt that. Because if you say to The Strokes, hey, you guys listen to Velvet Underground. If they say, yeah, it's because of, they listen to I'm Waiting for the Ma'am.
2: And probably a lot of their other songs, too, that are similar to that. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Because it's just, like, a repetitive chord, and then they somehow go to a chorus. Yeah. Scott, thoughts? On the song? Well, what were your first thoughts, like, listening to the album? Um, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. There were a few songs I liked, but there were more that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And then this had the rare... Uh, pleasure of making me dislike it more the more that I listen to it. Dude Scott needs to release an album called Rare Pleasure. That is like <laughs> Rare, no one's ever rare said
2: Displeasure.
1: Rare Displeasure <laughs> or Rare Pleasure. The Scott story. That's your so Rare the, ple- I've never heard the phrase rare pleasure before. Yeah, this this wasn't this wasn't really for me. Very few there were a few okay songs. I didn't write them down. I'll believe you when you say the good ones are good but did you like nico's voice no i didn't i wrote that i love nico's voice yep she was a heroin addict who i definitely in the
2: minority p- here i feel like i shouldn't say a lot
1: well no, you should you have to stand up for yourself
2: i mean how do you talk about one of the most influential bands of all time with two guys who feel mediocre
1: <laughs> no i <laughs> i don't know <clears throat> i agree that i listened to this And it immediately made me think of, like, early 2000s New York sort of garage rock. Why early
2: 2000s? Because that's when, like, the Strokes,
1: Strokes, one of my favorite bands, have you ever heard the Stills before? Yeah. The Stills were, like, I say one of my favorite bands, but, like, it was one of my favorite records where I tried to think in my head, like, how are these bands similar? And it was, it's just repetitive guitar riffs with, like, different vocals. That's what they do.
2: Yeah, and the Velvet Underground do that sometimes, but they also do a lot of other stuff. But they, I will say they do a really unique thing where they take like the pop repetitive mm-hmm. riffs and they combine it with like surf rock sounds and they combine was, it with blues rock sounds was, and then they created their own totally them sound, um, which then translated down generations into other bands. Run, that,
1: run, run. I wrote, this is a blues song that meets right. folk. That's what I wrote. No I didn't read that anywhere That was an original thought From my brain Congratulations Um, Why don't we play that Just to Because that's how I felt I'm like this is And it was weird Run 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 run
2: Yeah It's blues Mary. Said on the day
0: I saw my soul must be saved. Gonna take a walk down Union Square. You never know. We're gonna find there. You gotta run, 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 take the dragon too.
2: Run, 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 run.
1: That's a blues song.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Um, my favorite track was All Tomorrow's Parties.
2: Really? Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, Let's play a little bit of that. Because I I think this is going to be a a playlist staple going forward. Your own personal playlist? Oh, maybe a playlist I send to you. I won't listen. I won't fucking listen. What's your opinion on this song?
2: I like this song. It's not one of my favorites by them, though.
1: Do you know the background about it? No. It was about... Lou Reed going to those warehouse factory parties and just seeing everyone was all fucked up. Okay. And being sad about it.
2: He was sad about it?
1: He saw, there was one specific blonde that lost custody of her kids that was still like a uh, factory model that he was felt sad about. Nico coming out of nowhere. That's very weird that Lou Reed... somehow
2: Andy Warhol knew her and like recommended her to
1: sing with the band Andy Warhol produced the record like I what sense does that make it makes no sense because he just added them into his traveling circus of weird art yeah so this and was the first they're part of that
2: quote art rock band but it didn't do well in 1967 no 1967 Sgt. Peppers is released
1: that's a one tough timing it's such a great <laughs> record s- produced so meticulously we'll get there okay. in
2: November we do our Beatles I can't
1: retrospective. You um, told me the podcast would have lasted this long to have <laughs> to put Scott through.
2: We have to make it through November just so we can. I, you, you know can the
1: wait. Beatles doc is out now, right? It's a different one.
2: No, like it's, talking about that's the Paul McCartney doc.
1: Oh. We're
2: talking about the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. Yeah,
1: that's six hours now.
2: Yeah, and you're gonna have to watch oh. all six of them.
1: You and your V neck. to have to watch it. Suffered through <laughs> two
2: hours of Space Jam. You can deal with another yeah, four I dozed hours of like Space
1: Jam.
2: <laughs> um. I forget where I was going Oh so It was not well received At the time And It ended up causing Some kind of Rift between Andy Warhol And Lou Reed And Lou Reed fired him From being their Manager Andy slash Warhol producer sucks. I don't know him To say that But Yeah I, I just He seems like a very Esoteric kind of guy Who maybe is Does he know anything Mo- About music with. production Who knows
1: He was doing his own thing He wanted a band To go out and do some shit
2: Yeah so then whoever they hired after him, I forget the name, steered them more toward poppy sounds, which their later albums, they yeah. are more like listenable songs, I would say.
1: The number of unlistenable songs here. even th- th- You like this, Patrick? I do. Mm-hmm. This does... It's just heroin music. I've never done heroin, but... It reminds I me I like how he goes, there's, so her, there's, there's a track called Heroin. There is. <laughs> that's I it, thought you more, would
2: like that song. That's the song I okay. played for you.
1: Yeah, multiple times. Once. Twice. All right, save it for your own Twice. podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Um, listening to this, it reminds me of the Mad Men scenes when Paul gets into Hare Krishna and they're all just there fucking banging cymbals it's together. It's so funny you say that because do you remember the scene of uh, Mad Men where. Uh, John Haim li- listens to Tomorrow John Never Hame. Knows. John, John Haim? is he the John th- the fourth sister? <laughs> he listens to Tomorrow Never Knows,
2: Beatles song. Yeah,
1: and that came out in '68.
2: Um, uh, what album is that on? Is that on Sergeant Pepper's?
1: No, it's on. Uh, but that's the Revolver. The vibe yes, I get it's on is revolver. just shitty, semi-religious, heroin-induced vibes. Where, but like, you get none, a separate of religion from heroin. Anything. I mean.
2: Scott Evolver does not like 66. this record Scott doesn't like the Velvet Underground I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say
1: I heard one song that came up on a shuffle after And I did like it But I didn't take note of what it was I, I think the guitar work is like pretty primitive Because if you listen to like Loaded Yeah It's a lot different It's a lot poppier
2: What do you mean by primitive?
1: I just think it's re- repetitive pared, chords pared down? Yeah it's pared down
2: yeah, I can see that. Did you know Lou Reed's first band is called The Primitives?
1: No, I did not. Mm. Do you like Lou Reed?
2: I like his music. You think I he's a
1: bit of a curmudgeon?
2: I don't know. I have a question for you. This, sure. Was he mentioned in uh, David Mitchell's book, Utopia Avenue? Was he one of the like don't think tertiary so. characters at the party? I'll, hmm.
1: We'll have to look it up. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Because they stuck to English characters.
2: Well, they were in New York at the end, oh. and Janice Joplin was there, and did Lenny you ever Cohen. the book? They I did. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Okay,
1: you finished any other books recently? You're a sick son of a bitch. I, I I'm <laughs> reading, still reading God Spare the Girls, and now I'm reading the Tom Sharpling book. Yeah, but with last Western, we're just bailing on all my books. We're gonna fin. Well, I'm doing my best. All right, all right. save
2: it for off mic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, Well, I'm sorry you guys didn't like this No, I love it It's one of my favorite bands
1: Patrick picked it So you have nothing to apologize for I wanted to know I still have a lot of questions Second of all Never apologize for the things you love
2: I'll share my I think I ended up making a So in preparation for this podcast I listened to the four or five Velvet Underground albums That I know really well To try and figure out what my favorite was and as i was doing that i was pulling my favorite songs to see how many from each album were my favorites so i'll share the list with you guys and you can scott you won't give it a listen pat you might absolutely
1: i mean I time. listen i like rock history i want to do my homework yeah i i want to this isn't a chore for me this is something that i'm like i want to learn i want to pick it apart i want to know the backstories hmm. i mean all tomorrow's parties, Sounds like Tomorrow Never Knows in a way
2: It does I agree with Have you they,
1: uh, Are there any relation? I don't know
2: I don't think so Well maybe Revolver came out in 66 So I'm sure they listened to Revolver
1: Yeah Velvet Revolver <laughs> No I'm just kidding <laughs> um, Let me go back to
2: Tra- Play um, the Angels what's, what's it called?
1: Death of an Angel
2: The Black Angels death song
1: little Elliot Smith coming out of nowhere.
2: They're on a Wes Anderson album together, I think? Or oh, soundtrack? Wow. I think so. so I, you make you think of anything?
1: Uh, yeah. can't think of the fucking name. Raincoats?
2: Raincoats? Yeah. So, I had
1: rainbows in my head. Okay.
2: It's the first thing I thought I of. And they... Were really trying to copy the Velvet Underground sound They kept I don't saying that. that
1: I could hear that I did hear that a few times yeah. That's a pretty big IPA I don't
2: really like the song But the beginning with the viola
1: Yes, very similar Can I make a weird statement? Yep That when you hear a band like this And you listen to like how proficient they are at their instruments Yeah I'm not going to say that like they don't, it sounds like they don't know how to play it, but it sounds like they were like still learning.
2: No, I think they were experimenting with different sounds. So you, it's you, just crazy You how po- said
1: proficient. That means really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how poppy they got after this.
2: Yeah, but I think that was maybe new producer, new manager, new record. I mean, well, Andy less, less
1: Andy Warhol. Yeah. Oh, Andy Warhol. But
2: so. Reed Lou Reed had invented the ostrich guitar tuning for a song he wrote called The Ostrich. <laughs> um, and it consists of all strings being tuned to the same note. This method was u- utilized on the songs Venus and Furs and All Tomorrow's Parties. Okay. Often the guitars were also tuned down a whole step, which produced a lower, fuller sound.
1: Ah, okay. um,
2: So I don't agree that you think they're still learning. I think they're trying out
1: they're different types They're experimenting with sounds. specific yeah. techniques. yeah. And then like repetition. Right now, you made me a CD a few years ago. Might have been twenty. A few twenty. <laughs> that had Venus and Furs on it.
2: I put that on a CD. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. I do find that. Kind of a transcendent song I will say I
1: liked it so much more now I don't think I was ready for it When he said it to me <laughs> It was too sexy Remember when I, Pat
2: just said In 1999 If someone had handed him A Velvet Underground's right. record And
1: you did Turns out I did, did. And you yeah, just I wasn't ready for it I was, threw the I was light still in I know I was still I <laughs> was. did glad. it all for the Milky <laughs> Are you excited for any of this Woodstock bullshit That's coming out It came out today The Ringer documentary On it Do you give a fuck I'll probably watch it But, but no you saw my email today. It's like I went wa- I went to the Ringer today. I wanted to read Before like Before
2: you continue, put on something more pleasant. Put on okay. Sunday morning.
1: No, I'm going to put on Hold on, I know exactly what to put on. Yeah, I, I didn't respond to your email because I disagreed with That's, that's fine. Half I of just it. But Patrick hates all the writers at The Defector. He hates okay. everyone at The Ringer and he hates he's, most everyone and he's okay with a few of the Athletic writers. That's where his current subscription right. slash free we- sports <laughs> slash media based reporting standings currently okay. stand. You're you're I, I know you, you I think you understood what I meant, but we were lamenting today that or I was that yeah, group I, me I feel I feel disappointed with the defector after paying them a hundred dollars. Do you think are you happy with them? Don't I,
2: resubscribe next year.
1: I am happy with them, yeah. Okay. Um I the think, ringer. I don't which, think you read enough of the stuff that doesn't necessarily interest you, and I think you would like it if you did. It's very fair. I, I thought you, you recovered from potentially trashing me. I'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, The Ringer, I wanted to read about the Bucks winning the playoffs. And then they had this convoluted article about how the death of the 90s is related to Moby putting out the record play. <laughs> well now, that's the essence of the site. Just dumb, okay listen, stupid shit. I'm I'm listen, I have no problem that the is written. I'll talk about that with you in private or with Emily in a podcast that we record. Do not do bring up the Moby, audience Do not bring Moby up to me, but the audience in for that is so small. <laughs> like yeah. Of course. But, like, who is online at work saying, I want to read about the death of the 90s as it's related to the the process? The 76ers being not able to utilize Ben Simmons. to. what you to- just said is basically Simmons' whole MO, and it has been so for 25 I, years. If that, I just, this is Bill Simmons having a way too heavy a hand in whatever, the, as an editor. Probably. Probably. I just don't like those threads being pulled. It doesn't work. So you're not going to watch the Woodstock documentary? Nope, I will not. Hmm. I will if watch I it. Had... I'm just kidding. I watch it. If... I watched so many of the Woodstock performances last year during um, our poker binges. Sure. So I... you were watching like, yeah, this is great. So I mean, I watched twenty. Like I watched. The I miss our poker binges. Those were the days. They were they were they were fun. But you know, I that pushed things too far. So do I well well but i yeah, guess no, i think i'll watch it because i you know woodstock 99 is still an interesting thing to talk about i think that it might have been 10 years ago more no, it was actually 22 years ago no 10 years ago it would have been like they could have like made some headway on like hey we fucked up it's just crazy that like in retrospect they're going back talking about woodstock and the trailer was i thought it was devastating i i did the fires and stuff i don't know i didn't watch the trailer. Didn't you criticize me for watching a trailer? No, I never would. All right. Do you think we should watch it for the podcast? No. No. Okay. You think we should start our own Woodstock for Only, the podcast? If, if it's really good, yeah, but that seems like a very slim chance. I mean, Mostly, we, can just can't, we can't make Emily watch a whole bunch of New Metal recollections. Yes. No. no. We can't thanks. do that to her. <sighs> um, yeah, we can't do that. That's not fair.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys.
1: So, Velvet Underground. So, next album is gonna be Corn. Life is Peachy, <laughs> which isn't even <laughs> as good as the self-title. What do you want to do for the next podcast?
2: I think we should talk about it off mic.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that we need to get back to our roots. Record we'd never heard. Movie we've never seen. Okay. I put Take Shelter on the dog. Did you watch it? <laughs> I've seen it. It's them. on Amazon. I've seen it before. I know. I it, just, it just popped, popped up back it's on great. Amazon. It's a very good movie. Oh, it's a great Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon.
2: That's a good one. That yeah. is
1: ludicrous best. Flipping over tables. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Getting bitten by dogs for no Like fighting off dogs, biting him. Very good movie. Um, Well, I think that we've solved The Velvet Underground.
2: We didn't. I'm sad. I'm leaving this podcast sad.
1: No, don't do that.
2: I came prepared to gush. I can't do it.
1: I just. I think that. You can, though. You need to advocate for yourself. Why can't you?
2: It's just not the vibe.
1: Well. I think that for the Velvet Underground, it's like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how they influence modern music, and I couldn't figure it out.
2: You did, though. You already brought up two or three bands that you heard them in.
1: I think that Julian Casablancas ripped off The Way Nico Sings. Do you see that?
2: Mm, Not necessarily. But there is, like, a, a deep voice trend that sort of went on. Yeah. I don't know if that's... Nico's influence or if it's just the tenor of Nico's these Nico voices? a very tragic
1: character too. Yeah. Very tragic character.
2: Yeah. Alright. Let's wrap it up.
1: Alright. Um, yeah. I think we'll talk about I think that we gotta come back hard on the social media.
2: I, yeah. I, can you, that's you make my a comeback? Fault. I can try. It's tough when I don't listen to the episodes which I haven't done the past Oh my god. Two, that so. is so
1: unlike you. I know. I mean... Because you're practicing better mental health. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I did a good job editing last the last episode. I did everything you guys asked me to. Okay. I just, I'm glad. And I, I love I, the song,
2: by the way. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll try. I'll make a comeback.
1: Shout out to my mom, Sweet Jane. Yep. All right. We'll be back again. in a, I think we'll be back in a week. Hopefully. All right. Bye. Goodbye.
2: See ya. And me, I'm in a rock and
0: roll band. Huh. Riding us studs back at Jim You know, those were different
2: times